We begin today at the Gemara on Daf Pezayin Amid Beis. We're starting at the Mishnah. The Mishnah continues with halachas regarding the actual writing of the get itself. A person is writing the get in a paper, and the get is written with one column. But then he doesn't complete the whole nusach of the get in that column. And and he continues writing the get on the same piece of paper on a second column. That's Rashi's pshat. That it's, it is the same piece of paper, but he continues in the next column. And you have Edim that are signed below when he finishes the nusach of the get, below the, 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 at the second column. Kosher. So the signature in such a way is, is going to be kosher. So we'll see in the Gemara the Chiddush of this. Usually a get is not written in two columns. And when you see a get that is written in two columns, there's a chashash that something is strange over here. But nevertheless, whatever chashash there may be, the Gemara will explain that we're not concerned. <coughs> now, chasmu edim daf. If the edim, instead of signing at the bottom of the document, as it always is, they signed at the top. Or minatzat, they signed on the side, on the margins of the page, on the right side or on the left side. Or they signed on the back of the get. So beget poshut, if this is the usual get that we use, puzzle. The get will be puzzle. The, no, the Mishnah is saying get poshut as opposed to a get makusha, the get that's used by the kainim where they would write and fold, write and fold. That the signatures goes on the folds, which is really on the outside of the get. But by a regular get, the signatures have to be at the bottom of the get. Now, hikiv what happens if you have two gitten that are written on the same paper? Now, what it means, hikiv reishe, means that you have the top of the nusach of both of these gitten that are written on the same paper that are near each other. So the way to imagine this is, if you have a piece of paper in front of you, so one get, they began to write in the middle of the page. And they wrote that get to the bottom of the page. Now take that page, turn it upside down, and now you have half of the page empty, begin writing a get from the middle of the page going also to the bottom. So it comes out that right in the middle of the page, you have the, the beginning, the head of these two nuschayas of the gitten that are going down to the end of the page. And now in between, there was a signal, that's where the Edom signed. So the Edom are in the middle. So so in, that, in such a case, the signatures do not connect to either one of the writings. Because if you have it written, and they're, they're upside down from each other, and the signatures in between, is not going to work. Because for one get, it's a signature on top of the nusach of that get. And we just said that the, the, the signatures has to be on the bottom of the nusach of the get. And the same for the other. It's on the top of the nusach of the get, and it's actually upside down from that, uh, from that get. So either way, the signature does not go on anything. What's if you have a get that's written, you have the gitten also, there are two nuschois of a get that are written on the same paper, but over here, the end of one get is meeting the end of the other nuschah of the get. So the way, the way it was written is poshit. A person started writing a get from the top of the page, not from the center of the page. He started writing one get from the top of the page, and he goes, and he goes to the middle, then he turns the page upside down, and he writes another nusach of the get from the top of the page to the middle. So you end up having, they meet in the middle, the end of both gitten meet in the middle. And then, and the Edom signed in the middle. So, so over here, the Edom actually could be read with one nusach. The, the, the ones that the Edom are read together with that nusach of the get, they're facing, the signatures is facing in the right direction, that it's read together with that get, kosher. So that get has a signature, it's kosher. 
One nusach will be kosher, and the other one will be pasal. If you have two gitten on the same paper, and you have the top of the get that's near the end of one get, so this is basically two gitten that are written one after the other on the same paper. You wrote one nusach, and then you just continued writing another nusach below that. And you have the edim in the middle. So again, so the top nusach of the get on this paper, and the edim assigned below it, so that's a perfect signature for that top nusach. But then, when you wrote the get again below it, the signatures of the Adim that are on the top of that is not going to be read with it. It's not, it's not good. Okay, so these are all the scenarios of the weird the location of the signature on the get is. Now, the Mishnah says another thing regarding which men already quoted before in the Gemara get Shakasai Ivris. If the style of the writing of the get was the style of Ivris, as we mentioned before, Rashi Sprat of Ivris means that it's written in Lashon Kadesh, and when you write names, the person's name is written first, and his father's name is written second. So, for example, if the name would be Yosef ben Shimon, Yosef is your name, and Shimon is the father's name. And the Eid of Yavonis. But then when the Edom signed, they signed also in Lashon Kodesh, but they used the style of the Yavonim, the way they signed. What was the style of the way things were written in Yavon? If you write Yosef ben Shimon, Yosef is your father's name. And when it says ben Shimon, it means Yosef has a son, and his name is Shimon. So the style of the writing of the Get and the style of the signatures are not the same. Or the opposite, Yuvanis, the get was written with the Yuvanis style, the Eid of Ivrim, and the Eidim wrote in the Ivri style. Or another scenario, Eid Echad Ivri, one Eid is signing in the Ivri style, the Eid Echad Yuvani, and another Eid is signing in the Yuvani style. So in all these cases, the Bach adds in over here, Kosha. In all these cases, the get is Kosha. Another halacha, Ksav Seifer Ve'eid. If you have the get with the writing of the Seifer that he wrote, and then you have the aid that signed, one aid that signed this get, kosher. The get will be kosher. We also had this quoted before, as we'll see in the Gemara here. The Gemara Taichas, Rabbi Yirmiya says that Ksav Seifer actually means that the Seifer didn't just write, but the Seifer also signed his name. And then you have a signature of an aid, so you have two signatures. Now here, the Mishnah specifies exactly what it is when you sign a get, what do you have to sign? So if you signed your name as follows, Ish Plaini Aid. So and so, you signed your name and you added the word aid, kosher. And the get is kosher. If you signed ben ish plenty aid, you only signed that you're a son of so and so, and you added the word aid, kosher. Then this signature is also kosher, even though you didn't mention your own name. Uh, ish plenty, ben ish plenty, if you're writing your own name, ben ish, your father's name, veloikos of aid, even if you didn't write the word aid, kosher. Then the get is going to be kosher. So as the Mepharshim explained, the point here is, when you sign a get, what's the reason why you have to add the word aid to the get? Because otherwise, it may seem like, who, when, when you write the Nusach of the get, the Nusach of the get is written in such a way that it's like the husband himself writing it. The, the get says, I, so-and-so, are, are divorcing, so-and-so, so that's how the get is written. It's all the husband giving a letter, a safe crisis to his wife. If you have names at the bottom of the get, and it doesn't say the word aid, it could almost look like, and the husband himself is signing these names. So you have to write the word aid, that it should be clear that it's not the husband speaking, but it's an aid that signed it. But nevertheless, what the Mishnah says is, if someone writes his name and his father's name, so then that makes it clearer that these, that these aidim that signed are, are, are identifying themselves fully, that oh, this is who I am, so it makes it clear that it's not the husband that wrote those signatures, so even without the term aid, or the word aid, it's good enough. And the Mishnah adds on this last thing, the Nikiya Das, 
special people in Yerushalayim, which are pure. So when they signed, they also signed without adding the word eight. They would sign the kitzer and their name, their father's name, without adding the word eight. If in the get, what was written is a family name, not the name of the people, but the family names. So the family names is also enough to identify and kosher. The get will be kosher. So we had earlier, I mean, this is one of the main halachas when it comes to a get. We had it earlier in the Masechta that you have to figure out the names of the husband and wife and you have to know all nicknames and you have to, you have to write both of them to the get. There's svarim that are written on the subject to know exactly how you spell the name right and to get the name right and to know exactly the kinney of, of the person. But here the Mishnah says that if you write the family names, so that is also good. Going back to the case, the first case in the Mishnah, when you have a get that's written with two columns. And the Mishnah says you have one column, a second column, and the signatures are in the second column, it's fine. But why is that fine? When we see a get that's written in such a strange manner, isn't there a chashash of here? Shouldn't we be concerned? If it's two columns, maybe what really happened over here is it's two different nuschais of a get that were written here. And now what happened is with these two columns, okay, so how, the way Rashi describes what the Gemara is saying is, if you have two columns that are written on the same piece of paper side by side, and the first line of both columns starts on the same place in the page, and they're written side by side, so then if you know for a fact that they were written this way, then there's no problem. But what the Gemara is saying is, when you see two columns in, a, in one paper of a get, so you don't know what happened, maybe... One column was written where you see it over here, where it starts, and, re- and then the other column of the get was really written on the same piece of paper, higher up. It was written higher up in the paper. And then what happened is, this person went and cut off a section of the second column that was written higher up, and he cut off a section of the get of the first column that was at the bottom, and now he's really connecting the beginning of the Nusach of one get, and the end of the Nusach of another get to form one get over here. Is that what's going on? If you have two gitten that are written side by side, so then there wouldn't be this, this shash that you can cut off the top or the bottom. But what the Gemara is saying is, when you see two columns in the Nusach of a get, so it's possible that originally one column was written lower down on the page, and another column was written higher up on the page, and it could be so, it could be so far, high and, and low on the page, that the ending point of the second column is sort of is, 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 um, yeah. near the starting point of the first column. And then what did this person do? He just went and cut off, he cut off the tops and the bottoms of the, or he cut off the bottom of the previous column, and now it's connecting to the column on the next page. Okay, let's see the Lashon of the Gemara, the way it says it. You can't see all that. Huh? One that. second, one second, let's see. So it says the Gemara, so we should be concerned. Really, there's two here. And now the Zman of the previous Get, when the Gemara uses the term Zman, it means the, the whole Nusach that you write of the Get, and the Eidim, the Basra, and then the end of the Nusach, of the second column, which, what do you have at the end of that Nusach? That's where the Edom sign. So they sort of meet each other. And what did this person do? The Gaziel is man de Basra. And this person cut off the top part of the second column. The Edom de Kama. 
and he cut off to Adim at the bottom of the first column. And now he's using these two columns together to be one get. And he cut it off in such a way where it fits perfectly. The last word of the first column and the first word on the second column, it goes as one hamshech and it becomes one get. And Rashi explains what would be the motivation of a Baal to do such a thing. If he had a perfect get on the first column with the signatures of Adam, why would he want to cut that off and now have it connect to this Adam on the second column? Because it could be that in the first column, before the signatures of the Adam, there was a certain condition that was written into the get. Or, or again, so it's really not the motivation of the Baal to do this. It could be the Isha wants to do such a thing. And so she wants to get rid of those conditions. So she cuts out the bottom, and now it connects to the signatures on the next column, and now she has to get without, without any of those conditions. So she kept cheating. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Why is it good? She, she, she's cutting out. It comes out. That's after she the got signatures. She got a good check, and then she played around. So yeah, but, but, no, but now she, she, the get that she has... No, no, it was it was cut off. It could have be it could be that it was cut off even before it was given to her, right? When when she she saw what kind of get she's going to be getting over here, so it was, it was so, so she told the shliach that's bringing the get. She she played around with it. She cut it off before she even got it, right? It comes out that the get that she got into her hands has no signatures because the signatures that are here in the paper were really signatures from a different get. It's not a continuation. Now again, usually. By any get, the Gemara will never bring up such a question that maybe the get was caught. We're not cheshish for such a thing. But when you see something so strange with a get of two columns, so here there's room to be cheshish that really it was one, it was really two gitten, and that's why it's two columns. And she turned it into one get. Even she got it, and she, she cuts it off. The, right. The thing what she got is on the knife, and if you know what cut, do Okay, so now, so now, correct. Okay, so it'll be a problem, correct. Right. So the Gemara answers, Rabbi said the name of Rav, We could see that there's space on the bottom. So we clearly see that if there's space in the bottom, that it wasn't cut off over there. The get, the nusach of the get on the bottom ended, and then the space, and then it continues in the next page. So because of that space, we know that the bottom wasn't cut off. If it was cut off, then there wouldn't have been that space over there. But still, Shash should still be explaining me regarding the bottom, that we see that the space on the bottom. But But you didn't answer the question regarding the top of the second column, that maybe over there, he cut off on the top, then should continue from the, from the bottom. Right? So in other words, what happened was, maybe the first get was taka written, and there was nothing cut off. But maybe he didn't finish the first get. He wrote part of the first get, and he, then he decided, forget it, we're not finishing the first get. But then she went and she uses, without the husband ever finishing writing the get. The, the, the get on the first column was never finished to be write, written. She didn't have to cut off anything because he, the husband never finished writing it. And then she goes and she cuts off from the top column, and now she connects the second column to the first column without the husband ever finishing writing the get on the first column. So there's still a problem with cutting off the top of the second column and connecting it to the first. That we didn't answer. So the says the same answer. Like Rabbi just said, Omarav, in the name of Rav, just like regarding the first column, there's space below, and that indicates that she didn't cut it off. So Hachanami, so too, regarding the second column, there's space on the top, and you see that there wasn't writing above it that she cut off because there's space there. So we, we can see from the fact that there's space on the bottom and space on the top that she didn't cut it off. Okay, but the Gemara is still not done. 
but when we see it get written in two columns, there's still a concern here. Because maybe maybe what happened is first he wrote a get. And when he when he wrote the, the, the get in the beginning, so he changed his mind and he decided he's not gonna divorce her. That's that was the first uh, part of the get that he wrote in the first side. And and then after a while he, after he wrote half of the get, and, and you know, as, as it could happen, as a person is writing a get, and th- it's becoming more and more serious, he sort of says, forget it, I'm not doing this, and he stops writing it. And then 10 days later, he finally comes to terms with it, and he continues writing the second column. So in other words, Gemara's question is, it would look like the fact that it's written one column and a second column, that they were not written at the same time. And if it's not written at the same time, there's a problem. What's the problem here? So Rashi here says two things, it's a problem. First of all, Rashi says, the moment you, you decide that the chalik of a nusach of a get, that you're not going to use, you don't want it for a get, so that get is bottled. You can never use that again. Ashi doesn't explain why. There's a discussion in Rishonim about this, but Ashi says, if you change your mind, I don't want to use that, so the first chalik is not a get anymore. So now, if you then, 10 days later, decide, I want to continue writing the get, you can't combine the second half to the first half. The first half is already bottled. Besides that, Rashi says, the other issue would be that the signatures of the Adim at the bottom of the second half of the get on the second column uh, was on a different date than the writing of the first part of the get. And the klal is, Adim have to sign a get on the same date that the get was written. But here it could be written and signed on different dates. So this should still be a problem. And says the Gemara, the kasa, the case over here is that we see these two columns and when it, the way it was written was, Hareyat Mulmata. The lotion of Hareyat, and you are, the, the first, the first Hareyat Muteres, that's the, the main, the main nusach of the get. So you wrote Hareyat at the bottom of the first column, Muteres Mulmaila, and then the word Muteres, that was Mulmaila. So therefore we see that this is one continuation. There's no, the Gemara now is answering, there's no Kshash, that he wrote one Chalik at one time, and then 10 days later he wrote, he changed his mind, and then came back and wrote the other one. It's Mamish in one sentence. So because the Hemshech of both columns is one sentence, Munat Chayshish. But the Gemara still presses on and asks, well, maybe it did happen. Maybe as he's writing the words, and he stopped, and then he changed his mind, and then he came back 10 days later and wrote the second column. Says no. To such an extent, we're not when we see the two columns is mamash a continuation of the very one statement of the get, we're not that maybe it wasn't written at the same time. Okay, this is all one version to understand our Mishnah. Now, Ravashi Yama, Ravashi says, going back to the beginning of the whole question over here, that we asked that maybe these two columns shows that there was more here, and it was cut off from both sides. Says Ravashi, we're not chayshish for that. The Yediyah Bey You can see by a parchment, if it's cut off, you could see it was cut off. By a paper or by a parchment that's not cut off, the parchment, when it comes towards the end, thins out, at least uh, the way it was made then. It, it, it thins out towards the end, and you can tell that it's the end of the parchment naturally. But if it was cut off, you would see that it doesn't, doesn't thin out in that way, and therefore you would be able to notice that it was cut off. So the whole question the Gemara asked from the beginning of the year, that maybe it was cut off on the bottom, cut off on the top, is not a question, because you can see it wasn't cut off. Then the Gemara said, the Mishnah said, you sign on the top or on the side, these signatures are not good. Like the Gemara, any is this true, but for Rav, when it came to documents, so Rav, of course, had a Bezdin and he would sign documents. Where would he sign his name? He would sign it on the side of the document. So how can we say that the signature on the side is not good? 
Answers the Gemara, it depends how you sign on the side. Hasam, Bishigagai, Klapiksav. When Rav signed, so the top of the letters was facing the actual writing on the paper. So that's good. So then the, the Ksav goes on what's written here. But when it says in our Mishnah that you can't sign on the side, that's when the, the bottom of the letters are facing the paper. So it looks like the signature is really going on something else that was on the other side of the letters, not on the, what's written over here. But if so, so then what did it say in the Mishnah? If you have two gittin that are written on the same paper and the top of the Nuschois of both of the gittin are near each other, as I explained before, and they're sort of written opposite from each other and they meet right in the center of the paper. In the middle, so what did we say? That this signature is not going to be good for either one of them. But the question is, why not? What you're saying now is that a get doesn't have to necessarily be signed at the bottom. As long as the, the head of the letter, the top of the letters, faces this writing of the get, it's good enough. Even if it faces it from the side, and so too if it faces it from the top, should also be good. Should be good. It should be kosher. No, no, no. In this case, the Mishnah said both are apostle. That's what the Mishnah said, right? In this case, when when they're the, both the tops of both of the gittin are facing each other, again, what the person did, he started writing one get in the middle of the paper, then turned it over and started writing the other one in the middle. So they're both facing each other. So the Mishnah said the signature in the middle is not good for either one of them. But the Gemara is now asking why not? We just said the klal is as long as the top of the letters is facing that writing of the get, it's good. So it should be good at least for one. Answers the Gemara, no. So we're going to have to say that the Pshad is, Hasam de Rami Ivre. In the Mishnah, when he signed between these two Gittin, that their heads of both of these Gittin meet each other in the center of the page, he didn't sign with the lettering facing, the top of the lettering, facing either one of these Gittin here. Rather, it was written Ki'ivre. The word of Ki'ivre literally means a bolt of a door. Just like a bolt of a door sticks out, so too the way the writing in the middle was written, it was written in the other way. It was written... Usually, until now, we thought that you signed the get in the same way the rest of the get was written, in the width of the paper. Right? LMI, the question is, which direction the head of the letters are facing and which direction the feet of the letters are facing. But now the Gemara says, no, it was, it was written perpendicular. It's, it's, it's written from, from up down, right, in the length of the paper. So it's like a bolt sticking out. So therefore, it can't connect either one of the writings. It's on the side. Huh? It's, it's but it's not wasn't in the side though. It's in, it's it's in between. It's in between though. But it can't you can't say that the head of the letters connect either one of them. Fractigamara, but you can't say this pshat because if so, Yahi Saifidikani, what does it say in the next case of the Mishnah? If you have two gitten that are written one on top of the other. And Vaidim Bamsa and the signatures of the Aidim are in between. So the Mishnah said, Nikrin the ones that the Aidim are signed and are read at the end of the get right above it, so then kosher it'll be kosher. But Vidaramikivra, if the signatures are there like a bolt, meaning it's written perpendicular and it's not written in the width together with the rest of the get, so mikri. So the signature that's in between there can't be read with either one of the gittin. It's written in, the, in, another, in a different direction. It's sticking in between, written in the length of the paper. So how could the Mishnah say that either one would be kosher? So therefore the Gemara has charata from the pshat that it said before. And the Gemara before wanted to say, as long as the head of the letters are facing the get, it's good. But now the Gemara says, no. 
uh, signature on the side is not good, signature on the top is not good, it must be on the bottom. I, Rav, would sign on the side. El Rav, Bidiski, Havachasim. When Rav signed on the side, it wasn't for a get, it wasn't for a real document, for a loan, for a sale, but it's Bidiski. Rashi says Bidiski means when Rav would give out a summons to, to or a subpoena to call people to Bezdin, such a kind of a document he would sign on the side. Just like the, that his name should be there, they should know it came from Rav, but it wasn't the proper signature needed for a real document. So the Gemara, the next thing it said in the Mishnah was get your and then the Mishnah said ksav kosher. You have the writing of the sefer and one eight is kosher. Now, what does that mean? It sounds like the Mishnah is saying one eight is good enough, and you combine it with the writing of the sefer. So Rabbi Yirmiyah says that's not the pshat. That actually the sefer signed and together with one eight. That's what the Mishnah is saying. Now Omer Avchista on this Avchista said, and we had this brought already in the Masechta a few times before. Hamani Rabbi Yisihi, the Mishnah here is following the opinion of Rabbi Yisi. Now, what's what's the background of this? Why do we need Rabbi Yisi here? Because the concern that we have over here is that when the cipher signed the get, he shouldn't have signed it, because the husband never wanted him to sign. But that when a husband appoints, or it's possible when a husband appoints a shliach to have a get written. So what does he say? He says here, go to this cipher and he'll write the get, and then have these two adim sign it. But then what happens when they come to the cipher? The cipher finishes writing the get. And the cipher says, okay, so let me sign it as well. And the shliach says, no, we have two Adam that the husband wants to sign. The, the cipher gets very uh, offended by this. You don't trust my signature. You trust me to write, but I can't sign. You have to have another two Adam. All you need is one more aid. So it's possible, Khshashir is, when the cipher signed, maybe the husband never wanted him to sign, and he signed, and then with one more aid. So, but it's not really the two signatures that the husband wanted. But the Gemara says, if you go according to Rabbi Yaisi, you are not cheshesh for this. Because if you remember, Rabbi Yaisi said a klal on the Masechta, no Adam could sign a get without hearing it directly from the husband himself. Because there's a klal, mili le mimsuran shliach. You can't appoint a shliach to tell Adam to sign. They have to hear it directly from the husband himself. So there's no chash that a saif is going to sign a get without hearing it from the husband himself. And the saif is not going to be offended. If he didn't hear it from the husband himself, he's not going to think of signing it. So if we see the Saifa sign again, we know that he heard it from the husband. That's the Pshat in the Mishnah here. The Gemara brings a story, there was a Ksuba document for a marriage for Chsanim, the Asil Kameh, the Rabavol, that was brought in front of Rabavol. Now they wanted to verify this as an as a, uh, authentic document. Now the Havayadil and they were able to verify the handwriting of the, of the actual Ksuba. And only the signature of one eight. So they couldn't verify both signatures. So Rabbavol thought that we could be machsha this. Just like it says in our Mishnah that the ksav of the cipher could be combined together with the eight. So maybe verifying the writing, the handwriting with one signature is good enough. Rabbi answers and says, no, chasam cipher shanino. In our Mishnah it says that the cipher is signed as well. So you have to verify two signatures. You can't just verify the handwriting. Then the Mishnah said, If you had the family names that were written, that's also going to be kosher. So we learned in Abraisa about this. In those times of the Gemara, and we, have, we know this in history, the family names over generations would change. So Chanichas Ova is begitten, family names that are written into a get, how to, up to what generation could that be a proper identification for the person? Ad yuddaitis. If it's a family name, up to 10 generations before. But if it's further than 10 generations, so then we can't rely on that family name that could change, and therefore it's not a good ident- identification of the person. B'Shem ben Allah Zahimeh, B'Shem ben Allah says, Gimel Only up to three generations. More than three generations, we can't rely on the family name.
kosher. Until then, it's kosher. More than three generations, puzzle, it'll be puzzle. According to which opinion there's this that Abchanine said, You write family names regarding in a get, add Gimel Doiris up to three generations, the family name that was used up to three generations is kosher. Like we just said, like Rabshim Venalaza's opinion. Says, what's the source for this? That we rely on a family name up to three generations. My because the post says, So Bonim is one generation, and it's the second generation already. And Bnei Bonim is the third generation, and after the third generation, the Pasuk says, Vinay Shantem. It, it, it becomes old, meaning now you can't rely anymore on the family name. That's the remez of what we learned from this Pasuk. Again? There's at least three generations. At least. What do you mean at least? Not the most. When you talk about right. using a family name, if that family name was used by a father or by a grandfather, then you could still use it. Yeah, but then a family right. name from a great-grandfather, that you can't use anymore because that family name is too old. Not now, Dafke, it's the way this family is identified today. So it's, it's too old. Now, since the Gemara brought in this Pasuk, we'll have a piece of Agada to hear in connection with this. So Rabbi Shur ben Levi says, Eretz Yisrael was not destroyed until there were seven Batidinim that served Avedizara. Now, even though the Gemara uses the term Batidinim, but it really refers to seven different kings that had Batidinim that served Avedizara. Who are these seven kings? So the Mishnah here, the Gemara here brings seven of the Malche Yisrael. The Elohim, Yeravim ben Avot, Basha ben Achia, Achav ben Omri, Yehu ben Nimshi, Upikach ben Amalyau, Umenachem ben Gedi, Vaisheya ben Eila. And Sheya ben Eila was the last of the Malche Yisrael at the end of the first base of Mikdash. And that's when the, the Eden went into Golis, when the base of Mikdash was destroyed. Ashi here has an adichus about this, that the, the Gemara here is only mentioning the Malchi Yisrael, and it doesn't even mention all of them. It skips some of them, because some are included in the families of others that are mentioned, and it doesn't mention the Malchi based David, because they were in the same time period. So it mentions only these Malchi Yisrael here. Uh, after, so there were seven. And after these seven, that's when the Eden were exiled. Shanema, we learn this from the Pasuk, where it says, Umlala, Yeledes Hashiva. Unfortunate is the one that gives birth to these seven, Nafcha, Nafsha, that uh, her soul is, is, is mourning and is very uh, depressed. Ba, Shimsha, her son came down by the middle of the day. Ba, she's embarrassed and ashamed. So the seven, it refers to these seven kings. Oh, Ravami, Ravami says, My Korah, where's the Remez that the Eden are going to be exiled after these seven serve Avidzara? From the Pasik, Yisoylet Banim, Ubnei Banim, so here there's a remes for seven. What's the remes for seven? Silent, give birth, is one generation. Banim, plural term, is another two. Ubnei, again a plural term, is another two, so that's five. And again, Banim, is another two, so that's seven. This Eshei Benela that we just mentioned, the last of the Malchi Yisrael. So in his times, the Mishra was destroyed, but the Pasuk says, Vayas hara Hashem. He also behaved bad in Hashem's eyes, but not as bad as the other kings before him. And it says, All of Allah Shalmaneser, in his times at Shalmaneser, which was the king of Asher, came and he exiled the Asaras Ten Shvatah went into Golas then. But the question is, why did this happen in his time period if he wasn't as bad as the previous kings? So he answered them, Rav answered as follows. So there were these officers, these guards, that Yeravam placed on the roads to, to prevent Yidna of being Eil Regal. 
And he removed them. This is actually one of the things that happened on Chamishos above. And even though now all Yidin had the opportunity to be Eilid the Yidin were not Eilid Egel. So now that, that's why the Yidin got exiled. For those years that Yidin had the opportunity, and they still were not Eilid Egel, they'll be captured, and that's why 10 of the Shvatim were, were captured by the king of Asher. What's the meaning of the Pasuk where it says, The Abishu was diligent on the bat, and the Abishu brought it upon us. Because the Abishu is righteous. So, what does this mean? Because of Hashem being righteous, therefore, so he brings the bat upon us. What does this mean? Ella, yeah, in this case, the fact that the Eveshah brought Eden in the Golis early, as we'll see, two years early, it was actually a tzedakah. Tzedakah, Asa Kaddish Baruch Yisrael, the Eveshah did a tzedakah for Eden, Shehigla Golis Tzedkiyahu, Vadayin Golis Yechonya Kayemes. So now what this means is, when it came to the Golis, by the destruction of the first base of Mikdash, there was first Golis Yechonya, which happened a certain time period before the final destruction of the final Golis. And in that Golis Yechonia, as we'll see here, all the big Talmud Chachamim from Eretz Yisrael were exiled to Bavel. And then, years later, the whole Klal Yisrael was exiled into Bavel. So the first Golis is Golis Yechonia, and the second Golis is Golis Tzitkiyahu. But the, the righteousness of the Ebishter was, when the Yidin all finally came, they came to Bavel early enough that the Talmud Chachamim from the first Golis going into Bavel were still alive. The Chsiv, as we can see this from the Pasik, that the first Golis were these great Talmud Chachamim, because the Chsiv Vebe Golis Yechonia. Regarding Golis Yechonia, the Pasik describes who went into Golis then. There were a thousand that went into Golis then, and they're all called Chodesh Amazgir, which means Talmud Chachamim. What, what does this term Chodesh Amazgir mean? Chodesh means when they open their mouth to speak words of Teireh, everybody else is quiet, no one has anything to say in their presence. And Mazgir means, if they close a subject, meaning if they say we can't understand this subject here in Teireh, so they can't open it up again. There's nobody that could explain it. it was the, these were the greatest Tamid And the Kama, how many of them went into Golis the first time when Yechonia was exiled with them? Elif, there were a thousand of them. So if the Abishu would have delayed the Golis of the Eden, so then in that generation that went first in the Golis would have all passed away, then Yidin would come into Golis, they would have nobody to teach them Taita, and Taita would have gotten lost. So the righteousness of Hashem was that they came early enough that they were able to teach them Taita, and the Taita and Babel continued. Ola Omar, Ola says another pshat, that the stock of the Ebishter is, Shehiktim Shteishonim Levinashantem. The Ebishter brought Yidin to Golis two years before the Gematria of Venishantem. The Gematria of Venishantem is 852. So if you count the years from when Yidin came into Eretz Yisrael until when Yidin were exiled by the first place of Mikdash, it's 850 years, two years before the time. And the reason the Abishu did this is because in the Pasuk of Venishantem that we quoted before, it continues and it says, Ki the Abishu will destroy you. So if they would have went into Golis, when it says in the Pasuk, Venishantem, then it could have been fulfilled. The Abishu would have destroyed Yidin completely. So he brought them into Golis early, so then the Oiva Tevedan of the Pasuk was not fulfilled. Said about this, Shmami no from this gematria of Vinayshantam, which is 852. So from here we see Mehera de Marialma. When it says in the Pasik Mehera that Eden will be immediately destroyed, that's what it says there in that Pasik Vinayshantam. After Vinayshantam it says, Ki Ove Maher, as Rashi brings. 
So what's the how quickly is Mahada by the Abishter? Tmani Meya Vachamish Vachamshim Vitartihu. It's 852 years. That's the Mahada. And so Taisus here explains that because really from when Yidin came into Eretz Yisrael, they already had a Vedizara that came along with them. Taisus brings they came into Eretz Yisrael with Pesel Micha. So all these years, the Abishter says, if you have a Vedizara with you, I'll destroy you immediately. And how quickly was that immediately? So by the Abishter, it's the Abishter says he waves Vinayshantam 852 years. Another very, very uh, important halacha regarding a get, that a get has to be given with the husband's consent, without any forcing, without any compulsion. So, get a get that is being forced, but it's being forced by Yiddish Bezdin. So then it's going to be kosher. In such a case, it will be kosher, and the Gemara will explain that that's only if the Bezdin is forcing a Yid to give a get in a situation where I'll be din. They're, they're supposed to force him to give a get. So such a get will be kosher. If the get is being forced by goyim, for that Yid should give the get, then possible. Then this get will be possible. But if Yid want to hire a goyish court or goyim to come and force a Yid to give a get, and the goyim are hitting him, and they have to tell him, It's not us that are forcing you. We're forcing you to give the get because this is what the Yiddish Abbasin says that you have to give the get, and then such a get will be kosher. Okay, so here the Mishnah, uh, the, sorry, the Gemara elaborates on exactly when this get will be kosher if it was forced by Yiddin. This get that was given by force by Yiddish Abbasin, but if it, that's only if it's kidin. A situation where the din demands that the get should be given, then it'll be kosher. So Rashi says there are certain examples where the halacha is that a person has to divorce his wife and he has to give her a ksuba, or there are some situations where he's also to continue living with her. So al pi halacha, the bezdin has to force him to give a get, and it'll be kosher. Here, regarding this, is the famous Rambam that says even though the pile is being forced, it's not considered to be a get by compulsion because if al pi he has to give a get. That is the true rotsen of the year to fulfill the will of the Taita, and therefore the get is kosher. It's considered to be with his consent. Shalaikadin, though, if the Bezin is forcing the year to give the get, and al he doesn't have to give, then possible. Then this get will be possible. It's against his will. But the Shmuel says, even though it's possible, but nevertheless, upaisal. On one hand, the get is possible, and she can't get married to anyone. She's still an Ashish. But at the same time, though, because of this itself, she'll become possible to marry a kain. If her husband dies and she's an almana, it shall become possible because there's a reyach a get over here. There's something of a get here. It's because a Yiddish Abbasin has the power to force. So therefore, even if they did it, Shalaikidin, nevertheless, there's a reyach a get, and she becomes possible to marry a kain. Now, when it comes to Gaim that are forcing you to give a get, so Kidin, if the Gaim are forcing this person to give a get in the case where Apitari is supposed to give a get, Puzzle, this get will be Puzzle, but also Puzzle. It will also Puzzle of marrying a Kayin. Shaloi Kedin, if the Gaim are forcing you, and it's also Shaloi Kedin, Apitari is not supposed to give a get, then I feel a Reach a get anyway. There's no Reach a get, there's nothing of a get there. And she's, she's still an Ashish and she can still marry a Kayin. The Gemara asks, <clears throat> that either way you look at it, it's hard to understand regarding the case that it said by the Goyim that are forcing Kedin. That case that Shmuel said, if Goyim force Kedin, so the get is possible, but there's a Reich get and it passes from marrying a Goyim. Why? If Goyim are could be used to force someone to give a get, so this get should be kosher. 
can't be used to force to give a get, so it's clear that it's not a get at all. So she shouldn't be even puzzled to marry a Kayin, because there's no Reich a get here at all. By a Yiddish court, you understand that if when a Yiddish court forces Shaloi Kedin, but since a Yiddish court could force, so there's a Reich a get, but by a Gaiyish court, if they can't force at all, even if it's a case where the get is being given Kedin, but why, why should there be any Reich a get over here? It's, it's Gaiyin. Amar Av Mesharshis, Av Mesharshis says, Devar Teire, the truth is that Minat Teire, get Mo'osah Ba'evdik Echavim, a get that was given by force, and Goyim were used to force to give the get, kosher. The get really is kosher, and I tell you, just like Yidin could force a Yid when he has to give a get, Kedin, Goyim could also force a Yid to give a get when it has to be given, Kedin, and it would be kosher. Now, Ma, Tam, Amru, Pasul, that the wide Chachamim come and say that if Goyim force, a get is Pasul. So every woman that needs a get should not go and find some guy to, to hit her husband and to force her husband to give her a get, even when it's not done appropriately. So we don't, we don't want a, a, a woman to resort to such tactics to go and use a guy for this. So, but it's only really to take herself out of her husband. But really, even Goyim can be used for this. So the Gemara asks on this shot of Rav Mesharshi, that's the case, when Goyish courts force a woman to give a get, so it's said that I feel a reich a get There's no reich of a get here. Why not? It should be the exact same like when a Yiddish court forces her to give a get. Just like there you said that I'm not allowed to do that, but still it has a reich a get. So to over here, if a Goyish court, as far as forcing to give a get, is the same as a Yiddish court, the halacha should be the same. That it should be a reich a get and should at least be possible to marry a kain. She should be possible. Ella, therefore, the Gemara says, "Ha that Rav Misharshia bedusihi." This that Rav Misharshia said that Goyim could force a, a husband to give a get is a mistake. The time am I? So then, if so, why is it when a Goyish court is forcing a person kiddin to give a get that we say that there's a reich a get here? That because kiddin bechiddin the Yisrael mechla. Because when a Goyish court is forcing this man to give a get when he's supposed to give a get. It could be confused with the get that a Yiddish court is forcing to give a get. And therefore, we don't want these two to be confused, so therefore they said that at least one machmer, that shall become possible to marry a Kayan. However, if the Goyish court is forcing, so it's both the Goyish court and also it's It's not going to be confused with the Yiddish court that's giving the get al pidin, and therefore over there there's no reason to be geyser about this, and there's no reich get at all. And as she explains, even though regarding a Yiddish court, when they force Shalai Kedin, she will be puzzled to marry a Kayin, but that's only a Gzeda. To be Geyser, to confuse, when a, when a Geyish court forces Shalai Kedin, that's already a Gzeda, a Gzeda. Chacham wore Geyser so far. Says the Gemara, a story about this, Abaye Ashkhelet of Yosef, Abaye, founder of Yosef, the Yosef, that he was in a, sitting in a situation and he was forcing a man to give a get to his wife because of Pidin, he was supposed to give a get. How could you do this today? We are just simple judges. We don't have proper smicha. Right? The smicha at a certain point in Eretz Yisrael stopped and they were here now living in bubble. They didn't have smicha. So how, how could you do such a kind of a thing? Now why not? Because we learned in the Braise. Even whenever you find a group of judges, of Goyesh judges, even though they pass in the same as Yiddish judges, 
you're not allowed to use them for a court case. Shenem, as the Pasuk says, You bring all your matters to be settled in a Yiddish court and not in front of a Goyish court, even if they pass in the same. Now, and this is what's relevant for us here, that you have to use a Yiddish court that's that's has as a proper bezin and not stamed yaitis for, for for important matters. So how could you go and force this this man to give a get? Amalei so Rav Yosef answered, "True, we are had yaitis, but anan shlichasayu ka'avdinon. We are the messengers. We are doing it as shluchim of those that were smuchim in Eretz Yisrael, and we're doing it for, in their place." Just like it comes to all other money matters, regarding money matters that the Bezdin, a Yiddish Bezdin, even in Babel, would paskin. How could they paskin? They're not a proper Bezdin, they're only a Dietis. The answer is, we're doing the Shlichus of the proper Bezdin in Eretz Yisrael. Even Gzeilis uh, and Chabalis, which are other matters that the Mishnah in Sanhedrin clearly says that you have to have three smuchim to judge these matters, but if not, you can't, but why can't we say that we are like a shluchim of the Bezin smuchim in Eretz Yisrael, you should be able to pass in them as well. So the says, no, ki of the We are appointed to be shluchim to fulfill what the Bezin in Eretz Yisrael does regarding things that are common, regular business dealings and things like that. But when it comes to matters that are not common, which are like zealous and chabalas, when you, when you harm someone or steal, here we're not appointed for this, and therefore we don't do the shlichas. But it's not, there's a discussion in Taisus and the Rishayim about this, it's not so poshut, because Bamis, even for zealous and chabalas, we do see in other places in the Gemara that the Bezden in Bavel and Atzar of Eretz Yisrael does judge regarding this as well.